welcome to another episode of Rebels Rewind, Season 2, Episode 3 here. I'm your host, Kellen Taniguchi, and I'm joined with co-host Jake Maurice right now. How's it going, Jake? Uh, pretty good, you, but we seem to be one man short. Yeah, Nick seems to be a little late today, but uh, he'll be here He'll be here in a few minutes, um, and we'll be later joined by Emily Chandler, first-year creative communications contributor for The Projector as well, to talk about her story, Motion Ball. Motion so we'll Ball. learn more oh, okay. about that event later on. Sounds good. What else are we going to talk about today? I don't know. Let's just start with the Rebels recap here and talk about the men's soccer team after starting off with the win in opening weekend. They've been they've been struggling. Yeah. Last and last game yesterday they played against the CMU Blazers and the game actually ended after only one half because the team only had 10 players show up for the game, which is fairly standard for MCAC due to restrictions for school or at least for the Rebels it's fairly standard due to like school social life all other stuff right but then they had four players get injured during the game they were losing two nothing at this point anyway so they just decided to call the game to not risk any more injury also as all of you should know here in winnipeg weather yesterday was pretty miserable <laughs> and you were out there covering the games i, I right? was out there in the nice <laughs> felt like winter except i wish it was snowing because then at least i wouldn't be like wet yeah fair enough like fair enough. it was just awful but yeah, so it was just not a not a good day for the men's Rebels team. They continue to struggle. I did manage to talk briefly with head coach Chuck Morena after the game. Um, he said he did like, he has like some of the things his team has done. Like he's like, they've improved defensively over their season so far. But it's just, it's what he said. We have too few players playing and then you add four injuries to that. So the tent plan now is mend up increase the roster total to get a few more players out there who can come out at least semi-reliably and then just move along but yeah it's a rough rough game for the men's soccer team for the rebels yeah and they ended up they forfeited the match so they end up with a three nothing loss there and on saturday the day before they lost to brandon six to two so not a lot yeah, going right Brandon. for the team right now. Um, but Eric Harder scored a hat-trick in the first game. He's at four goals, tied for second in MCAC mm-hmm. leading scorers. So I guess they got that going for them. Yeah, so they're currently right now, they're fifth in the six-man conference in the six-man league, or six-team league, not six-man. Um, they're six points out of the playoffs, and they were going up against the Blazers who have that fourth spot right now. Yeah, it's not looking so, not looking too promising for them to catch up there. It yeah. already looks like halfway through the season, already looks yeah. like we have a four-team lock for the playoffs here for the yeah. men. Uh, but better news, mm-hmm. the women's team has been a great surprise this year. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're really surprised. They were in the playoffs last year. They were a solid team. But, yeah, so far, 4-1-0, and haven't lost any games yesterday. A big 2 nothing win over the CMU Blazers at the exact same rainy as Heckfield. But... There's just more poise to the women's game. There's more action. They let a lot less traffic get even near their goalkeeper. Like They're very solid defensively. They stop other teams when they're trying to build up a rush, and they just send it right back the other way. Yeah, and um, head coach Doug Lowry said that the structure of their defense has been huge for them because yeah. they also have a short short bench, not a lot yeah. of spares. So for them to play a structured defensive game is to preserve their energy for the game. And a lot of time we see... They outplay the opponents in the first half, and then the second half they kind of start to give up a little more. Mm-hmm. But Abigail Wilson has been unreal in net for them yeah. as well. Yeah, currently, yeah, and she's a big reason they have their current record right now. They're only three points behind the universe USB La Roge, yet they have a game in hand 
um and they're seven points up on the next place team so they're like it's obviously it's, in sports it's always too early to just say yes but they're looking like a real lock for playoffs and they're looking like they might have a uh they're gonna be one of those top two teams are currently on a three-game win streak right now yeah. um like providence is below 500 well at, providence is at 500 brandon is at 500 and then both the blazers and the Assiniboia Community College yeah. Cougars are below. Well, they beat Brandon 3-2 on Saturday as well, yeah. and then they tied USB. And I remember last episode, we had Brianne Jameson from the team on here, and she was talking about yeah. how USB is going to be a real tough game and a yeah. test, and they prove they can they yeah. can stick around with the best in the yep. league, and maybe they'll be able to make a push here yeah. late in October. If they And if they want to win the championship, it goes through USB, so being able to play with them on an equal field and get that early season confidence of, okay, we can roll with these guys. That's, that's huge. Yeah. And just another standout player to me, I've been, I've been to one of the games and just, she continuously on the score. She is Jessica De Silva from the team. She looks mm-hmm. like she's a big part of the attack this yeah. year. Uh, she scored a goal in yesterday's game. Like she's a he- big striker for the team. She gets into the areas that scores need to get, and she gets in there consistently she makes smart passes. She knows when to turn back, when to carry it, when to make a pass, when to chip it out if need be. Like if she's getting too much pressure and just needs to take a chip out to reset in a bit. Like she's just a smart all-around soccer player, and this whole team is filled with smart soccer players, and that's a big reason they're as successful as they are. Yeah, and now with the last month of the season here, it'll be interesting to see how both teams finish out here, and hopefully the women can carry momentum mm-hmm. into the playoffs. Uh, now we're going to talk yep. about a story their on next, our... Sorry, oh, their next okay. game. And their next game is uh, Saturday, October 5th against the low, the bottom tier ACC Cougars. So a big chance for a big win there. After that, they don't have another game. They play again the next day against USB. So they got a big matchup coming on Sunday. Looks like it's at Memorial Park. So it's out in St. Boniface. But yeah, yeah that'll be a good thing. test for both teams, kind of feel each other out heading into the playoffs here. Yeah, and they have, like them, Red River and USB both have two of the top five goal scorers in the league. So yeah, definitely the best teams in this league and it'll be fun that'll be a fun match on Sunday. yeah it'll be a fun fun rest of the season here for mm-hmm. the rebels fans and the rebels team at least here. for the at least for the women for the team. women yeah. yeah for the men's they still have a chance but it's gonna take it's gonna it's take gonna some, take a lot they need a lot of help yeah but um now we're gonna talk about a story that was just published on the projected website with first year contributor emily chandler we're now joined by a first-year creative communications contributor for The Projector, Emily Chandler. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. No problem. So recently you wrote a story on Motion Ball. Yes. Um, can you just talk about just what is Motion Ball? So Motion Ball is an event uh, that raises money for the Special Olympics Canada Foundation. Um, basically what it is is teams, whether it's corporate or just for a fun team, they can sign up and they play sports all day with a Special Olympic athlete and then all about 70% of the proceeds go directly to Special uh, Olympics and then the rest goes to other different foundations. But basically you just play a bunch of sports, um, have lunch, listen to music, be with your friends all day. It's such a great day. and. This year was the first year it was at the Investors Group field, so it was a big, big production that they had. Perfect. And um, at the event, you followed a specific team, the Motion Ballers, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just kind of take us through like how that was, like watching them, like following them all day, and like, 
yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was so fun. Half the team were uh, teammates were people I work with and friends that I'm good friends with. So their athlete, they said, was all time compared to last year, um, but that she was so outgoing, um, literally did not stop smiling, interacting with them. They they couldn't have asked for a better day, smoother day, and they she was really competitive too, so it made for <laughs> them to be very involved and enjoy themselves. Yeah, and in the article, you said that the team, I think, ranked 15th out of the 60 teams, which is crazy, and they raised over three grand as well, so to only be 15th with three grand, that just says a lot about the fundraising in general. Yeah, obviously a bunch of the corporate teams could raise a lot more money, granted that they were corporate teams, but all of the individual teams that just were out there for fun literally made such an impact, and like a dollar goes a long way. All right, and the uh, athlete on the team was Jocelyn Yanofsky. Yes. Um, can you just speak about speak more about her in general? Like, what was your experience like with her? So I basically it was more between breaks that I got to hang out with her and ask her questions about everything. But she just continually would tell me that she's such a busy person, that she hates being bored, and that it drives her crazy if she's not doing something or being active. So she has been bowling and swimming literally since birth. Like that's like her two main sports that she loves and is so passionate about and she is working at new directions as well three times a week so that keeps her busy and she's her list of volunteering was insane i, I couldn't believe it she literally does so much all right and um next year's event will be the eighth annual motion ball yes um can you just kind of tell people how they can get involved yeah so if you go onto motion ball's website um it tells you how you can make your team for 2020 so basically you just want to find a team captain who will act as the lead on your team um you just determine if you're going to be a corporate or individual team have 10 or 7 to 10 people on your team that will be committed to raising money basically only the thing required is that you pay $50 for registration and then the rest is what you um, get donated or get like how you raise your donations and then um, have fun. That's a big one. (laughs) All right. You can read more about uh, Motion Ball and Jocelyn on our website, The Full Story, written by Emily. And thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Now that we wrapped up all the Rebels news and projector stuff, um, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have been kind of struggling as of late. Yeah, well, the news broke last week that Matt Nichols is done for the season, which is it's kind of expected once he went down. But yeah, they're two and three now without Nichols. So and they just lost by twenty to Hamilton last weekend. It was a that was a rough game. First home loss too, right? Yeah, since yeah. the twenty eighteen Bangible first home loss. <laughs> so it's been over a year. Yeah, and it wasn't just like. Like they got dominated from yeah the, yeah well they well, they, wa- they actually took a seven nothing lead yeah and then <laughs> from and there Strebler looked good on that first drive like yeah. he was airing it out doing everything and then just after that kind of nothing they fell apart on yeah. defense yeah Hamilton's got a really good pass offense and they showed it on Friday and really took it to the Bombers and now the Bombers are in third place yeah like right just now like Hamilton that. is the best team in the league like they're the best with their backup with too, Dane right Evans yeah, yeah. they're the yeah. best Dane. in points for points against best record they're six they're six and oh at home they haven't lost yet at home this year yeah they got serious home yeah. advantage yeah. Dana Evans has it. been a lot better than I thought he was going to be yeah as well. they actually clinched their home playoff game before Friday well, yeah. to the that. Eastern Conference so like Division. I don't know I'm not super worried about the Bombers overall I know that they are now behind Calgary and Saskatchewan both of whom have a game in hand on them but they're six and one against their division the only loss being that Labor Day Classic yeah like 
They haven't gone to Calgary yet, though. No, but they're a good team against the West. Yeah, right now, it's at looking, home. Right now, it's and looking like it'll be another matchup against Saskatchewan, though. So that would be a ton of fun. And Regina, that'd be, yeah. man, that'd be horrible. Yeah. Traveler, I don't think. Yeah. I don't know if they have what it takes to go in yeah. there and play. Well, they and are. When the Bombers did beat Calgary this year with Arbuckle, right? Yeah. So now Bo Levi Mitchell's back. They're and three the, and four on the road. Yeah. yeah. And when the Bombers, they did beat Regina last year in Regina. But the Riders had Brandon Bridge at quarterback. They didn't have a guy like Cody Fajardo who can actually yeah. move the ball. Where Bridge, you the year of backups here. And didn't Bridge get injured in that game too? Like On like the bad. second last play, yeah. yeah. It was a very controversial hit. There was no call, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, it's that home field is crucial for Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And right now it looks like they're not going to get it unless they somehow go into Calgary and go into Regina and come up with wins. So correct me if I'm wrong here. There's six games left in the season. Four. No, the Winnipeg is four. Four. Yeah. Oh, it's Winnipeg, eight. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I thought it was 20 game season. Wrong. 18. It's 18. That yeah, was 18. bad on my part. Yeah, but they yeah, have so you... Calgary twice, Riders once and Montreal at home as yeah. well. Yeah. So they so, have crucial games. You definitely, I think you definitely have to win that Montreal game. You can't drop that. That's, no, that's like, a must win. Yeah, that's yeah. a must win. Every one get a home playoff game. Yeah. Have to win point. against Calgary at home and have to win one of the three on one of the two on the road. Sorry. Yeah. And I think if they do that, they should be in a good position for a home playoff game. Yeah, they just have to take care of the Riders in Calgary. And then it's looking like it'll also be so. Right now, Calgary, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, and Hamilton have all clinched playoff spots. It's looking like Montreal will clinch another spot, and then Edmonton probably Edmonton. Yeah, because. Yeah, tr- well, Ottawa's yeah. three and eleven, Toronto's yeah. two and eleven, and BC who beat Vancouver or beat Montreal over the weekend only moved up to four and a ten. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, the Lions have won three in a row though, mm-hmm. and the Esks have dropped four of their last five, and they just yeah. squeaked by Ottawa last week. So yeah, so something Lions, to look out for. We've seen crazier things in the CFL. <laughs> yeah, the Lions actually look like who they should have been at the start of the year now, which yeah. is funny. Well, we've seen late season pushes. St. Louis Blues could tell you all about a late season push when they won the Stanley Cup after being last place in January. So we'll see. I think we should go to the NFL now. Yeah. We were talking, you were talking about uh, controversial hits earlier, like the one on Brandon Bridge. Vontez Perfect with a not-so-controversial hit, more like just plain old dirty hit. Very on character for him as well. <laughs> and he's suspended for the rest of the season, which I think is needed. Yeah, good on the NFL. Because yeah. every year, I feel like we're having this conversation. Honestly, it's kind of funny. He was at his calmest when Antonio Brown was on the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah. there that thing where it was like Antonio when Antonio Brown got in the uh, verbal fight with, uh, who was the owner? Mike Mayer. Yeah, yeah, Mike Mayer. Wasn't there something that like Perfect had to like almost calm yeah. Brown down? Perfect yeah. was the one who Which is kind him. of like ironic. Because I'm pretty sure. Extremely, yeah. Can't remember who it was that said it. It was someone on ESPN. They said, like, Perfect is a guy who, like, he's always ready to go, right? Like, he's ready to fight and stuff. If he's pulling you back, that means he knows something was going down there. But we're not talking about Antonio Brown anymore. That ship has long sailed. No, he's just getting more out there every yeah. day. But yeah, I but don't even know. Fontes Perfect, though, this probably, this could be the end of his career. Because I think it should be. He's very, he's no offense, he, or no denying his talent as a football player. He's very good. Mm-hmm. That's why he got this chance with the Raiders. But it's going to be hard to time commit to a player time. that you know is going to be a bit of a PR nightmare. And a player that, if this is his suspension now, a full season, the next suspension could be even longer. So you'd it be committing, be. you'd yeah. be committing a lot of money probably because he would probably want a lot of money to play football. You'd be committing a lot of money to a player who might not even play it. part, like well, less, who might only play a quarter of a season for you. A player like that will not get a big mm-hmm. contract again. Like, no, no, no. After all these not at all. No. It's funny too, just a last note on this Deadspin's uh, uh, article headline. 
It's very Deadspin. Vontez Burfix suspended for the rest of the season for attempted decapitation of Jack Doyle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's on brand of Deadspin, yeah. too. That's it's weird. funny. It's weird. Despite this, the Raiders are now 2-2, two and two, actually. Yeah. Like, they actually look... Not... And they haven't looked bad at all. I missed the Colts game yesterday, but yeah, that was... It was shocking to see that. Mm-hmm. I thought the Colts yeah. would handle business there. Yeah. And no. going back to the CFL, shout out to Eric Harris, who had the game-clinching yeah. pick six. He's a former no. Hamilton Tiger cat. Yeah. And talking, yeah. About, talking about your Colts... They are now two and two in a division where every single team is, is two, two and yeah. two. Yeah. Interesting division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we see in other divisions, like you see, the Chiefs are four and zero. Oh, like their heads at le- their heads and shoulders above everyone else. The Patriots four and zero oh, after beating the Bills, who actually put up a decent fight in that game. And then you have the Steelers and the Bengals, two zero oh, and three teams. Hey, someone's winning Monday, tonight. Reading up for Monday Night Football, but like, it's nice to see a division where there's so much parity there. I'm actually like so that, much potential for fun. Yeah, I'm actually confident in the Steelers right now because they're going to win tonight. They're going to beat the Ravens next week. Browns are going to lose to the Niners, all tied at two and three. Huh. And speaking of tight divisions, the NHL is starting up, and the Central Division looks a lot closer now. There's another team in contention, in my opinion, with the Winnipeg Jets uh, signing Patrick Laine and Kyle Connor. Big signings. They're for real again now. In my opinion, they were never out of contention in the division. Yeah. I say like wild card without them, but yeah. missing like 70 uh-huh. goals from your lineup when Still, you're going to be offensive. You, needed, well, you was, needed them. Yeah, but of course, having them there, it changes quite Everything. a bit. Yeah, yeah. so they go on the road. They start the season Thursday night against the New York Rangers. A couple of familiar faces in the lineup there. <laughs> yeah. Jake, both Jacob Truba and Brandon Lemieux, who were traded, or Brandon Lemieux, rather, who were traded to the New York Rangers. Brandon Lemieux at the trade deadline in February as part of the return for Kevin Hayes and then Jacob Truba in the much talked about Truba trade. So right now, that's central what, division, man. First off, I guess yeah. you mentioned Connor and Line. A. What do we think of their contracts? Love Line. A. It, it's kind of what I expected. I expected Line a to get a bridge deal, and yeah. I thought Connor would be around like seven times seven as well. So I think it's kind of happened how we all kind of expected it to go. But Line is gonna Line is gonna make the Jets open their wallets in two years. I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think you could argue that Connor might be a slightly overpaid right now, but there also is a potential that it turns into a good deal. Yeah, so for sure. it's well, kind of a wait and see with yeah, him. Yeah, the thing is, like, if Connor stagnates, it's not a bad deal at all. Like, if, he's, yeah, like, if yeah, he remains bad, a 30 yeah. goal, 60 point player, it's fine. He's yeah. still a great, he's still a solid deal. If he gets any better than that, like, if he becomes a 70, be 80 nice, point yeah. player, that's a really good deal. And I think that's what the Leafs are kind of looking for with Marner, where you see yeah. these guys like McAvoy mm-hmm. and uh, who else signed. To Chuck sign kind of lower or like three year yeah. deals, right? So Brock Besser, yeah. So it seems like they might have to get like the and something, Marner type deals. Something later. a bit underrated that I really like about the Patrick Line deal. So we saw it most notably in the Timo Meyer deal, where the last year of the deal has like a much higher base salary because that raises the qualifying offer for when a team needs to resign him as an RFA. It, you need to qualify him at ten million, and that means he can just take his qualifying offer of ten million dollars a year for one year and then go right to free agency. And that lets a lot of players like Kachuk. Besser, a lot of players can do that. Patrick Line can't do that. He can't because there's two years of RFA left after this deal. He can't just take that and then walk. And also, his qualifying offer would only only be seven point five million dollars. Oh. So it's much less worth it for him to take it than it is for any of those other guys. So that definitely gives the Jets more to work with in terms of signing him long term. I wonder if that's where, because you saw the report that Line A wanted seven and then the Jets offered six and then mm-hmm. they settled at 6.75. So I wonder if that's where they kind of like evened out the balance of that deal. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thought. Yeah, so I like both deals for the teams. And in a summer where we did see some RFA deals that I was shaking my head at, I was thinking, oh, no, that's going to come back and hurt you. 
That's mm-hmm. a, those are two deals that are solid. So they have $7.61 million in cap space. If Bufflin does come back, that goes right away. But if he doesn't, you still have some flexibility. So it gives it, it lets the team know they're not going to, they don't have to worry about being in the red like a number of teams are right now. They're in a pretty good spot. Mm-hmm. So we're looking ahead to the NHL season. It starts in two days on Wednesday night. What teams are we kind of looking at? What teams besides, let's say, besides the Jets, are we look, or besides the Jets, are we looking at for kind of fun times? Like favorites or just like entertaining? Um, for me, it's the Avalanche. I think they're going to oh, be fun to watch. I don't know how they're going to do though. Like, look at the division. The, div- the division's tight. Like, mm-hmm. there, I think there's so many teams that could come. Like, they made some good ads this season. Andre Burakovsky is a low risk, high reward ad. Kadri added uh, Jonas. Yeah. Jonas Donskoy Kadri at the cost. It was came at the cost of Tyson Berry, but they have enough young right shot Kale defensemen to replace him. Kale McCarr and McCarr to kind of yeah. McCarr is Barry, a potential yeah. Calder winner this year. Like yeah, I think Colorado. I think they're a very good shot to be a playoff team. A pretty decent shot to be one of the top three teams in the Central. I agree, but I think they can go from first in the Central to sixth in the Central. Like they, they can go they, yeah for anywhere. me. For me, team is going to be interesting because they're in a similar situation to the Jets two years ago, where they finally have a good goaltender. The Florida Panthers. They locked up yeah. Sergei Bobrovsky yeah. to a very expensive deal, but he is a multiple-time Vesna winner. He is yeah. a one of the best goaltenders in the league. They have solid depth at forward two of the best centermen the best one of the best one two punches at center in the game and they're in the east which is more top heavy than the west so there's definitely more room for them to sneak in as one of those two wildcard teams especially with the team he came from Sergey Bobrovsky came from Columbus kind of falling off yeah I'd say Columbus or Florida is my team yeah that's a good dark horse they're de- the thing with their division though is they're definitely gonna have to like i would mm-hmm. say tampa boston and toronto are for sure yeah be ahead of them. So it has to be a wild look, card they're yeah. looking at like fourth with montreal, montreal. kind of that like battle yeah. range there yeah mm-hmm. my team my dark horse i love this team uh, a lot of people are it's kind of a popular dark horse i'm finding what i'm seeing at least is philadelphia oh oh yeah yeah added kevin hayes for more center depth they have carter hart is going to be ready for a full season yeah. as the number one a new coach and alain vigneault who's a veteran coach who's known this league and knows how to make teams succeed he's been to the cup finals before it's and definitely they got, and they got a it's, mm-hmm. it's time now for their core yeah. and we talked about the atlantic the metro division is wide open i think apart yeah. from apart from washington there isn't a sure bet in that division yeah. well i think rain like rangers and jersey is going to be another two teams mm-hmm. that are going to be fun to watch as yeah. well i think wild card battle yeah. type of thing this yeah. year's nhl season is going to be a ton of fun to watch um but yeah it's pretty la- wide open now <laughs> lastly i think we should talk about the evander kane ejection last yes. night how do we feel about that? Oh, man, that, that How do we feel that, about that? That linesman bothered me so much. I, I really hope he gets disciplined for what he did. That was well, ridiculous. Here's the thing, though. So we got an abusive officials call, right? Normally, that call comes with an automatic 10-game suspension. And to be honest, I'm kind of fine with that because he did catch the linesman with a stick, right? Yes. And we've seen it for less. Antoine Vermette tap, basically tapped a ref on the back of his yeah, shins and got the 10 games. Hack, yeah. So, yeah. Also... On that, I love the San Jose Vegas rivalry now. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be got a fight last night too. And, yeah. they, and guess what? And guess what game is on opening night? San Jose Vegas in right. Vegas. In Vegas, in sign Vegas. me up. Nine thirty p.m. Central Time. I think I might have to stay up for that one. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I'm excited for the opening night. Yeah. So the Jets will open up at six p.m. Central Time against the New York Rangers. Looking forward to that. 
I think say that just about wraps it up for this episode, eh? Yeah, thanks for joining us. Not all of us were on time, but we yeah, still have Nick is here now. Nick yeah. is here now. <laughs> yeah, so when are, we'll be back in two weeks, correct? Yeah, two weeks. I think by then we'll have time to talk much more NFL, more Rebel soccer, especially and with that USB game. We'll see, how the, the Jets, yeah. see Jets. how the Jets start their season. It'll be a ton of fun. We'll see you in two weeks.